Welcome aboard the Sing Second Sports Podcast. It's another episode of the greatest sports podcast out there. I am John Schofield, uh, the host. Joining me is co-host War Carroll. Also joining us is special guest and Annapolis Capital Gazette reporter Bill Wagner. And as always, Chris Cervello, closeted, now out of the closet, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady fan. Let's break it right down. We'll talk about the Super Bowl a little bit before we talk to our guests. Um, last week, we talked men's lacrosse with Joe Amplo, and today we're going to talk women's lacrosse with legendary coach Cindy Timschel. But there is more going on than just that as we record this on February 9th, 2021. We have sports on the horizon, not basketball, which we talked about last week, but this Friday, the Fighting Colats go up to West Point, New York to wrestle against Army. I believe that's the star match, and I'll let Wags expound a little bit more on that. Water polo gets into the pool at GW down in Washington, D.C., taking on the, uh, the Colonials down at Foggy Bottom. And then Saturday, I mean, what a, what a busy time as all these sports come back. Track and field versus Army for the star meetup at West Point. Rifle is playing Memphis or shooting against Memphis. Women's tennis against Mason. Women's lacrosse, which we'll ask Cindy Timschel about against Mason on Saturday. And then swimming and diving, men's gymnastics up at West Point as well for the All-Academy Championship. And then water polo, men's tennis, and the fighting Tim Taylors of women's basketball come back and play Lafayette up in Easton at 2 p.m. on Saturday. So best of luck to all of these sports as they get back into the swing of things here in the throes of covid um, for the two playing on Friday, wrestling against Army and water polo against George Washington, we say, uh, please sing second and please be safe traveling, uh, particularly as we're going to get more snow in this area on Thursday, um, which might impact travel. So, Wags, number one, what did you think of the Super Bowl? And then number two, what are you looking forward to most this week? Why don't you tell our readers a little bit about some of the things that you dropped for the Capitol this week? Well, first of all, we are way off base with our picks, weren't we? Uh, we thought that there was no way that Tom Brady and the Bucks could keep pace with the high-powered offense of Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, we should have listened to Chris Cervello, who, if had I known he was close personal friends with Tampa Bay defensive coordinator Todd Bowles, I would have followed his advice because he had the inside scoop, which any degenerate gambler does always before making their picks. So uh, we missed on that one, but it's not the first time we uh, tend to miss quite a bit on this uh, podcast. Uh, I will be covering Women's Cross on Saturday, and I'm excited about that. 11 a.m. draw. I'm a- anxious to hear from Coach Tim Shaw about the team. And, you know, they had uh, three Patriot League uh, preseason all-Patriot League picks. Uh, so they are uh, got some accolades going into the season. The Navy is picked second in the Patriot league behind Loyola. So that's, that's what I got, John, uh, and, uh, women's basketball back in action uh, this weekend. I'm glad of that. Uh, Sunday, they'll be playing in Annapolis at alumni hall. So I know Ward echoes my sentiments that, you know, with the announcement last week of the schedules, there was also an equally important announcement, particularly for us that you could actually have fans 
for these lacrosse games. So Ward, I know I've already circled some dates on, on the calendar to be out there on the blue side. When do you think you're going to walk into Navy Marine Corps stadium for the first time as a fan, not as a guy with like amazing gear holding a yard marker? Wags's article indicated the first men's home game is the 20th. Am I correct there, Wags? I gave the thumbs up, but you didn't see it. Yes. I didn't see it. Um, okay, so there's your answer. And then every home game thereafter, living a half mile from the parking lot has its advantages in terms of pregame. And my circle of classmates also live, you know, you could scribe a one mile radius from the 50 yard line and we're there. So Yes, this is part of our spring routine, late winter slash spring routine. Wags's article indicated that uh, Chet has said, hey, it's uh, fans allowed, you know, because it's inherently uh, in keeping with the COVID protocol. So that's that's great news. A glimmer of normalcy is always great. But going back to the Super Bowl, uh, I'm in lockstep with Wags in terms of making terrible, a terrible pick. My prima facie analysis was way off. Uh, and so there you go. I, I think, you know, politics notwithstanding, Brady is the greatest of all times for sure. I mean, old guys celebrate a 43-year-old who shows no sign of slowing down. I don't think you're going to get a retirement announcement from him uh, in the offseason here. I think he's going to keep going. So, yeah, good, good for them. Um, and that was quite a decisive uh, thumping that they gave the Chiefs. So, but over to lacrosse and the whole winter slash spring sports forecast, it's, it's looking good. And uh, talking to some of the members of the brigade with what are we looking at in terms of vaccination and returns to normalcy, we're trending rapidly in the right direction. So uh, this is all good for the morale as we're in the middle of the dark ages and everybody's got cabin fever. So it starts with women's lacrosse. And I'm looking forward to talking to coach during this episode. Me too, for sure. And I, I will be unfortunately on travel this coming weekend, so I won't be able to see um, the women's lacrosse uh, match, but I am very much looking forward to a little double dip on February 20th with the women playing at 3 p.m. and then the men playing the mount at 6 p.m. So hopefully we've at least got some temperate weather so that uh, Ward and I and Wags can get a little double header going on there and then and then watch the teams in the press box. So, uh, yeah, I, I will begrudgingly give Chris credit where credit is due on the Tampa Bay thing. You know, we were talking about it a little earlier before we started filming. You know, good game, decisive win. You can say what you want about where the mindset of the Chiefs is after their linebackers coach almost kills a family on the side of the road before the game uh, and the COVID scare that they had with their barber you know, who was cutting hair like dudes in a line and all of a sudden he's got COVID and they've got to yank him out of there. It obviously played a role for me. And, and I just heard the audio last night. The most entertaining part was the dude who ran on the field at the end and almost made it to the end zone before he got decleated by that security guard. Absolutely hilarious. And I guess on Westwood one, Kevin Harlan and Kurt Warner were doing play-by-play play on the radio and have a call of him like almost getting to the end zone might be one of the funniest things I've ever heard um, for Kevin Harlan to not take himself that seriously was just first rate funny. So um, that, that was my enjoyment as I knew that I was going to lose a very expensive bottle of whiskey to Mr. Cervello because of his proper pick and my improper pick. So that being said, uh, 
congrats to Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, it's the last time I'll ever say those words. Hopefully we're going to go to break. And when we come back, we are going to break down women's lacrosse a bit more. And so happy to be joined by legendary lacrosse coach, Cindy Timschel. Before you bring coach on, I was just looking at the forecast for Saturday in Annapolis, 32 degrees and snow showers. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> Coach, Woo! yikes! <laughs> Sorry. Oh, my my dad used to say, "There's nothing quite like the feel of, of a lacrosse ball hitting you at like 70 miles an hour when it's less than 30 degrees out." Like, what a horrible, horrible experience. The Navy thrives on the cold. Are you kidding me? When it's snowing and 30 degrees in Annapolis, <laughs> it's lacrosse time. So, yes. um. Yeah, so that's why we're here to talk a little bit lax talk, and yeah, we're really excited. You know, as Bill Wagner said, he, you know, he's going to be there, and who knows? We we hope there's no streakers, but yeah, I mean, if you're going to streak, you might also just, you know, streak. You know, whatever. You might as well get to the end zone, you know. Like so, <laughs> so coach, um, yeah, it, it's it's always a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, you know, I've I've always had a great affinity for you. You know, with your connection to Maryland and and my father's connection to Maryland and, and so happy that you're now the, uh, the head coach of the women's lacrosse team. So, you know, we touched on it. It's, it's a different time. It, it's February. So it's time for those preseason games, those exhibitions, and then getting right into the season. It's a rite of passage. The Super Bowl's over and all of a sudden all of us, our eyes train on lacrosse season. And then right after lacrosse season or in the midst of the lacrosse season, it's baseball season, but lacrosse first. So what is your evaluation when we last talked to you, COVID had just begun, this podcast had just begun, and now as both have matured and evolved, what is your thought process on, on what this season looks like? How strong is your squad going to be? And, and what, what is a measure of success for you? Yeah, we, uh, you know, it, it's like letting horses out of the barn. We've been so excited about this opportunity coming this weekend against George Mason, a team that we really haven't played in a regular season. We may have played, I think, one time in a tournament there when we were a club program. So the excitement will definitely be here in, in Annapolis. And um, yeah, it's, it's you know, for, for any spring sport, our pain has been there. You know, we were the one of the you know, few sports that, you know, our season ended in March. We really didn't have any academic pretty much season last year nothing in the fall. So to step out on the field is a real tribute, you know, to the Naval Academy, our, you know, our administrators in our academic, um, excuse me, athletic department, as well as our players attesting the protocol um, in this pandemic, as a reminder that the only way we believe, you know, about this pandemic is to go right through it, be resilient, and knowing that just like you've witnessed in basketball and football, there could be, you know, some challenges, some hiccups and, um, you know, I guess expect nothing, but be ready for anything to happen. So before I kick it over to, to Ward and Wags, I'll, I'll ask you about your, your squad. You know, we, we talked to Caroline Kwan a couple of weeks ago. What, what an impressive young woman, you know, running the giving tree um, as part of her company duties, what, what other players are you looking to make an impact coming back as upperclassmen? And then do you have any freshmen who you think are going to make a difference? Wow. You know, you talk about Carolyn Kwan. 
Uh, one of our senior captains, we have two captains, one on the offensive end, defensive end, Marina Lazaridis is our other captain. Both are going directly into medical school uh, when they graduate from the academy. And what leaders? And as you know, that's this is what, you know, if you want to go back to, we don't want to go back to the Super Bowl. Leadership is a big thing. It's always been a big thing here at the Naval Academy and in Navy Women's Across. Also, seniors. I mean, we have 12 of them. I know the men's side in lacrosse has a bunch of seniors. They've been, you know, this is what it's all about. It's senior time. And the cool thing about that is all the underclassmen want to, it's like a giving tree. We, seniors want to show the younger players what it's all about. And the younger players want to give back to the seniors for all they've done for them. And to witness this on Saturday, you know, will be an exciting time. Individual players, you know, as well as Quan and Marina, we have, you know, Nicole Victory, another senior, Ellie Lecker, both, uh, you know, outstanding attack players that will really contribute. You mentioned Jill Eby, local player, you know, right out of Baltimore, will definitely have an impact on us um, getting up and down the field, really transitioning from more of a defensive role to more of a midfield role. Um, yeah, younger players, you know, we want to always talk about the freshmen and the new ones. You know, we have wonderful player, midfielder out of Nashville, Lily Denton. Um, I think our, our father is a big time sports agent and just throwing some things out there. And also uh, uh, Isabel Thornburg's coming along really strong. Uh, she comes from our legendary attack player, you know, Kelly Larkins High School, Bishop Ireton. Um, so and just naming a few players that we feel are impactful collectively. This team is just all one. You know, they're all bought in, working hard. Um, we talked about that in the summer when things were so uncertain. And, uh, yeah, the one certain thing is this, that we'll step out on the field, be ready to play, and put it out on the, on the line. So last one for me before I let Wags ask the smart questions. I only ask the you know the dumb ones here at the beginning. <laughs> I, I I I've been there. I I watched you know a fantastic game um, against Duke last year. You know the the Duke match, the Villanova match. You know playing Kathy Reese on March fourth and the number ten Maryland team going down to Gainesville right before the season ended. Yeah. Was it your hope that you could get some non-conference games that you could maybe get Kathy to, to drive down route 50 and play you guys at Navy Marine Corps stadium, or was it pretty hard? Like, Hey, you can only play Patriot league games and that's all you got. Cause I saw the men have Virginia at the very end of the season on, on like May 1st. Did you want to do something like that? Yeah, we definitely are. Our, 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 we are defined by competing against the best teams in the country including our own conference with, with Loyola and, and Boston University and Army coming along and Lehigh's always been strong. Um, we've been defined by that. And, you know, playing Maryland, um, yeah, we thought, ex except early on, that maybe we could play Maryland and Hopkins and substitute them. Big Ten has refused to let them play outside of conference, so that that's a non-negotiable thing. However, we never know down the road. I mean, Army men just picked up Virginia men for this weekend. We look maybe down the road of getting Virginia back on our schedule. Um, I, I think you've seen this in the football side of things when, um, 
there were a couple teams that ended up, I think it was BYU went and played either Coastal Carolina or East Carolina. Sorry if I don't know for sure, but I no, think it was, coastal. I think it was you, a great game. Right. And UConn decided they had like four games canceled and they flew out to Arkansas to play and they came up short. And then a couple other teams like Stanford lost. And the next thing you know, you know, they come back number two playing number one. So yes, the, the competition is important. And that's what, you know, Chuck Gladchuk and the Navy athletics department has always uh, been committed to the highest level of competition. So, you know, we would love to have, if, you know, we have a bye week, that's how the men picked up Virginia. And maybe there's an opportunity for us. Uh, I think the schedule in 2021 is a, like a moving parts and we're going to fill in the places when we can, when we can do it safely for our athletes and, and through both administrations of who we might end up picking up this season. Loyola women are ranked in the top four. They have a big matchup, you know, in a couple of weeks when Syracuse comes to town, no fans there. So it's wonderful that fans can come down here to Annapolis to witness some great lacrosse. Hey coach, Bill Wagner here. Well, let's talk Patriot league because the first and foremost goal is to win a Patriot league championship, which gets you an automatic berth into yeah. the NCAA tournament. So uh, looking here, uh, Navy is picked second in the preseason poll behind Loyola. Navy has three first-team selections, preseason picks. Nicole Victory, your senior attacker. Reagan Roloffs, your junior midfielder attacker. And Jill Eby, your junior defender midfielder. Um, however, I see Loyola has the Offensive Player of the Year preseason, Defensive Player of the Year preseason, and five preseason all-league picks. So you play Loyola twice, and just I may talk about the – ongoing great rivalry you have with yeah. and knowing that's probably a team you're going to have to beat if you want to win a Patriot League championship. Yeah. Yes. And that, and that's true. And all credit to Loyola and those players, they were, you know, they were able to have their senior players come back, you know? And so I think you understand that those two players of the year are fifth years. Um, I don't think anyone else in the conference has a fifth year that came back, um, but I could be mistaken. Um, so yeah, they're, they're a powerhouse and having those two players um, come back in as well as the other players that stayed, um, you know, that that's a little bit of what this season, you know, transpires to, you know, I know UNC men's uh, lacrosse captain is 25 years old. So you just never know. This is an opportunity for us to discover how good we can be. We know that Loyola is always well-coached, always tough, have the best players. And in this particular year, we'll have a whole lot of experience coming back. So we are, we're gaining experience early on. And when we step out on the field, we get to play them twice in the regular season. We know how good they are. Um, yeah, it will be a battle. And, you know, we've been fortunate, you know, to not have to win you know, the ACC, for an example, is a conference that does, they don't have to win a conference championship in order to get to a, a bid. So playing solid opponents and certainly doing well and seeing how we stack up against Loyola and the other teams that were playing in our conference, Lehigh, American, Army, on the road, I think that um, it is a wonderful opportunity for us um, to really discover how good we can be. So obviously to beat a high powered team like Loyola, it starts on the defensive end. You've got to try to hold them to a reasonable goal total. Uh, 
Abby Young started all six games in goal last year. I think she uh, played well. Uh, can you talk about how Abby's looking as a goalkeeper? Yeah, we're really excited about Abby. I think that she's a solid goaltender who will help lead us uh, starting on Saturday. Um, she's worked really hard. You know, one of my um, uh, assistant coaches is Meg Taylor, um, the last Tawartan winner, and national. she's the last national champion um, goalie of the year. So, um, you know, they work hard together, very disciplined, um, right, playing great defense. As we witnessed on Sunday when they Tampa Bay changed their entire defensive uh, philosophy going into that game. Um, it's going to be big. And so uh, Navy, we, we need to be prepared. And as you know, early on, uh, we don't know a whole lot about George Mason. We don't, we've never matched, don't know how we'll match up. They have a new coach. We know they're going to be strong. Um, they've been, they've been excited to play us and um, yeah. So defense is going to start, you know, right away. It's going to start on Saturday and we just have to build on that as most teams have you seen, and in particular in the NFL, um, things may not have gone well early on defensively. You just have to commit to getting stronger each practice and each game. Well, last uh, you mentioned Meg Taylor. And so one of the reasons why Cindy Timshaw is a Hall of Fame coach and has won so many games is she has a remarkable ability to select assistant coaches. And the list of assistant coaches uh, from Cindy's coaching tree that have gone on to become head coaches is beyond remarkable and you've had some good ones here at Navy but I believe you know they've had a little turnover and you've got Meg and Kelly Devlin just tell us your thoughts on your uh, coaching staff you feel good about the assistance absolutely um you know Kelly Devlin our associate head coach has been with the program now for three years um lots of experience two-time captain at UNC two-time national champion Brother played quarterback in the NFL, super athletic, super, that's a super great coach. And uh, yeah, I mean, our coaches, I know sometimes like a great teacher, we get all that, but coaches that have been, you know, been in the trenches of front lines, winning games, leadership, um, you know, that's what it's all about. Very patient, very uh, thorough in her approach for the offensive end and the midfield end. You know, she played midfield. She, she knows all aspects of playing the, the game of lacrosse full field. Uh, yeah, Meg Taylor, uh, two-time, uh, you know, first-team goalie, certainly two-time national champion. When you bring national championships and knowing that they know as well as I know as a coach um, what it's going to take to excel. And, you know, winning championships just doesn't happen. You know, it's some, you just don't become a national champion. And, um, you know, what happens is you just play every day to just get better. And I think the focus is then good things are going to happen. But those two coaches for me right now have been outstanding and preparing our team for this Saturday. So, Coach, we were talking to Coach Amplo last episode, and we were asking, so what are you working on now, clears or crease attack or – He's like, I'm not working on anything because of the ROM period. So is that an asterisk? <laughs> is that an asterisk on readiness going into Saturday? Or are you, you, you feeling good? Where are you in terms of? Yeah, I mean, the, the ROM, ROM took its, uh, is an important part, you know, and, and, and um, you know, I, I think 
you know, some top schools like Michigan had a little setback, maybe didn't, uh, they came in maybe with not the kind of wrong philosophy. Again, our doctors, our trainers knew that this had to happen. So heavy, heavy emphasis on fundamentals, being fundamentally sound, um, you know, was really our focus. Now we're just now collectively, uh, you know, molding the team that we, that we see. So yeah, it's not going to be perfect. It certainly is not going to be perfect. And, you know, we're trying to touch on all those little things since we are playing in a few days. So yesterday we, you know, on Saturday we were at the stadium having a blue gold scrimmage worked out solid. We knew we, we just, you know, it's just discovery time, things that we did well and things that we need to get better at. And then, uh, you know, yesterday we're working on the ride, um, today, some clearing and draws. Uh, so yeah, um, all those little things do add up. And, and like Joe said, you know, the, the pods were necessary. Certainly it was an opportunity for us to find a path towards getting back, getting back at it. We have our whole team now playing together. Um, and, and that's what really matters in, in a safe way. We feel confident in that. And all the little things, yeah. I mean, um, like I said, Saturday, if it is going to be cold, it's not going to look perfect. Maybe we haven't, you know, maybe have to discover that we needed to work on some more things for next week. But well, we'll be as ready as we can humanly be and touch on all the little things like the ride and the clear, you know, and the extra player offense and the draws and all things like that. So, you know, you talk about leadership and, and certainly we saw it when we talked to, to Carolyn and her profile is something that the grads on the sing second team cannot relate to um, because we were middle of the pack type of mids. We had, <laughs> men's school was not an option for us. Um, so certainly you have the maturity to, for, with, with your players that they can adjust to the unforeseen <laughs> consequences of the COVID environment. Uh, we've just been amazed starting last spring until this this spring or this semester with the resilience, as we've said, of, of the midshipmen. It's yeah. just it, it's it's amazing to me. I'm just thinking how my attitude would be, you know, back in the day about these kind of mitigators. I would have been the worst in terms of that. <laughs> um, so let me hand it over to Chris. Uh, I know he's got a question for it. Sort of more of a macro question. Um, it, when we were talking before we uh, we jumped into the segment, I mean, you were kind of running through some of the history of things that have that have happened um, in in women's uh, athletics. Twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one are kind of the years of uh, women in sports. You know, whether it's uh, the first woman to play on a on a Division one football team, or you know, a woman to coach or be a referee at the Super Bowl, or to be a, a GM in baseball. There's a likelihood that two Navy uh, women athletes will walk on the moon. Can you just share your thoughts as a leader in both athletics and in women's sports? I mean, what should those of us that are late to the game about the significance of women in athletics? And I say this as a, a as a dad with a daughter who who is impressing me every day at 14. But I mean, can you just kind of put some of this in context for us? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 really like having your vision board. If you can see a woman out there officiating or coaching on the sidelines for Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. I had to say it. I'm, I didn't mean to, um, you know, I, it, it's inspiring. You know, I think when I was little, I think I wanted to play football. Well, girls don't play football. 
You know, those are the types of things when you see another athlete, like you mentioned the Vanderbilt athlete, you know, on the football team, it is truly inspiring. And it, as you said, as a dad of a, of a, you know, a young girl who probably wants to be an athlete and inspires to do well, you know, there's nothing better than to be a part of sport, you know, whether you're male or female, it teaches you so much about life, about resilience, about leadership. And for females to get this kind of rec more recognition each and every time that we get a little more space, um, you know, in, in a newscast or, or like in this podcast, whatever. Yeah, it, it is. I'm inspired. I'm just blown away by what you see in the Super Bowl and the accomplishments and, you know, the perseverance. Um, I think at the end of the day, we, we if there's a young woman that wants to play football or wants to coach, they, they're all in. They don't want to do it for recognition. They want to do it because they love the sport. And if they want to officiate, they're doing it because they love the sport. Um, so passion is a big part. Um, I know for you guys, because I can get, I can talk about sport forever, but it's the same with women. Women do love sport. Maybe we're not at that level that we witnessed recently, but as you mentioned in the COVID situation in 2020, now 2021, usually women's sports get a sh real shot in the arm, no, no pun intended, uh, in the Summer Olympics, because that's when you can witness a lot of standout, you know, female, male and female athletes almost on an equal playing, you know, ground. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it is inspiring. And, and to, again, to just witness last night with Dawn Staley and, of course, Gino, you know, Gino and I went, we always, the little thing is we went to school together. Uh, so, um, kind of kid each other about that. So, um, it is, it's just great. It's great to see all little aspects. that's pulling us at the end together. And, you know, like as Bruce Springsteen said on Sunday, you know, the middle isn't bad. Being in the middle is not bad. I know someone said they were not at the top of their class. So being in the middle is okay. Anyway, I probably got off damage it. So go That's ahead. great. We're, we're, Thank you very much. We're, we're I've at the come bottom. to terms with being in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. I wanted to mention that before you, you passed me on. But yeah, yeah. Being in the middle is good. It's good. Well, speaking of what's on the horizon, uh, by the time this podcast comes out, um, you know, it'll probably be Wednesday, maybe it's Thursday, but I know that Wednesday night from 6 to 8 p.m. is a virtual lax fest. Is there anything that our listeners should know about that or you want to tell us about that so that we can get the word out on social media? Because anything to, to pump up the two lacrosse teams returning to the field is something that we'll do. Yeah, I mean, this, uh, you know, I believe it's, I'm going to misspeak, Facebook opportunity, Lax Fest. Facebook allows us to reach to anybody if we're in an open forum, any kind of recruitable athletes, young players, you know, coaches all across the country, all across the world. Um, yeah, so just, it's our opportunity to share a little bit of ourselves as coaches, um, you know, our senior players, just, just really to just share how we're feeling going into this, not just, just weekend, but going into the whole season of 2021, you know, um, how inspiring it is and how, how we're grateful for all the people that have helped us to be in a situation where we are. And Hey, I can't match Joe's um, um, humor. So if you really want to tune in, it will really be a treat. So, you know, for myself, Navy Women's Across, 
and on behalf of the men's lacrosse team, you really need to tune in to, to have some fun and lax talk, you know, you know, we have, we have coming up, you know, the March madness. We always talk about lacrosse being made madness, but yeah, madness will start and we want to be a big part of it playing on the field. And so join us, you know, tomorrow night for some fun. Yeah. Fun. No streakers, but <laughs> thank, thank goodness for that. Well, I'll, I'll give you the chance to be, and we're, we're going to get the word out about this. And again, we encourage all of our listeners uh, to hit your networks and make sure you get the word out about the virtual LaxFest um, on February 10th. I'll give you the chance to be funny now, having, <laughs> having grown up with them, you, you had to have done the math. Who has more national championships, Gino Oriema or oh, you? Oh, you know, I had a big lead. You know, and Tom's at seven, <laughs> I'm at eight. You know, our Tommy nope. boy. And yes, uh, Gino's crushing us. Yeah, he has uh, <laughs> 11, 11. He really had a surge, you know. Um, yeah. So, All the more reason for you guys to get hot and, and bring yeah. some home so you can, yeah. so you can match Absolutely. him. My last question before I let you go, as a dedicated St. Mary's fan, you, you had to have had some conversations with your old player, I think, she played for you before you left as a freshman and sophomore, Mindy Jones at St. Mary's. Yes. You only have you only have Aw Miller and Torres for, for St. Mary's on the squad. Do you need a bit more Saints, you know, blue blood in there? For... Absolutely. Absolutely. And my my former associate head coach, Allison Fondale, is now the athletics director, done an amazing job. You know, they have the new facility, you know, all multi-purpose in the, in the building and yeah, I mean St. Mary's is is now going to be a factor. Um, they they kind of were behind a little bit, a little bit of, and I'll, we love we love Severn too. But St. Mary's is is rising, and with that, yeah, the the young women, you know, girls that Mindy Jones coaches, um, and Mindy came from a wonderful you know experience at at Maryland and now coaching at St. Mary's. I give my um, a shout out to them. And certainly we always love to go over and take a peek at St. Mary's players, whether they're practicing or playing. So. Awesome. Well, I love to uh, get shout outs for, uh, for St. Mary's lacrosse as well as Maryland lacrosse, but first and foremost, and always for Navy lacrosse for, uh, for Joe Amplo and coach Tim Scholl, uh Thank you again so much for joining us. And, you know, I know Ward will be there. Uh, in person this weekend. We'll all be there uh, in person on the 20th to cheer you on. Coach, thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Well, for us having you, but thank you, regardless, <laughs> making it as awkward as possible. So uh, that was Coach Cindy Timschel. Thank you so much uh, to her and Chris Whitehead and all of NAAA Sports Information for continuing to make coaches and players available to us. We're going to go to break, and when we return, Ward, Wags, Chris, and I will take it out. This is Sing, second sport. The Sing Second Sports Podcast is brought to you by Mills Fine Wine and Spirits and Academy Consulting. A special thanks to our friends at Mills and Academy for all that they've done to help make this podcast happen. If you're interested in sponsoring Sing Second Sports, shoot us a DM at We Sing Second. That's at We Sing Second on Twitter. Thanks, and now back to the pod. All right, we are back. Thank you so much again to Cindy Timchel for joining us. Legendary coach. In, I mean, she's almost in as many Hall of Fames, Halls of Fame as she has national titles. Um, and obviously a, a huge fan of hers on a personal level as she was always very nice to my father. 
um, you know, with their connection to Navy lacrosse. So thank you again to her for being not only available, but a great coach and also extremely like witty. Um, she was giving it to me on the Tom Brady stuff, like good gracious. I, I could feel Cervello's happiness, like building from Florida's outrageous. How, how <laughs> lucky are we to have Cindy Timschel and Joe Amplo as the coach? I mean, it's, from a, just a strictly personality, yeah, to say it, nothing of their coaching ability, like they're fantastic. First rate, funny and good people. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't say enough. I mean, Wags, you've, you've been dealing with coaches for 30 years as a journalist. Where, where do these two rank? Oh, they're great. I mean, all the Navy coaches, uh, that's part of the reason I love covering Navy athletics is that every coach is accessible and great to deal with. They're, they're all great. I love Coach Tuchelis. I love Coach Taylor already. Uh, Kerry Colad. I mean, he's not exactly Mr. Media friendly, but, uh, you know, because he's so darn focused on wrestling. But, I mean, I love him as a coach. He's going to do great things at Navy. He already is. Uh, and then we'll build a relationship uh, with Coach Colad. But, yeah, I mean, across the board, I mean, Kenny and Matalolo, I don't think there's a beat writer in the entire country that talks to the head football coach as much as I do. So yeah, no wonderful Karen Gabera. I mean, I could go on and on They're They're all great. Yeah. The, the NAAA from the coaches to uh, the administrators are just first rate. And you know what, I'm going to steal very unapologetically from award here that it all comes together um, when you start hearing from the athletes, Kevin last week, Carolyn Kwan, the motivation they have, like just listening to our podcast as I'm wont to do. And, and Kevin just kind of saying, well, you know what? I asked for a TBS date of September, but you know what? I'm a Marine and I'll just go where they tell me. And, and Ward and I are both like, what a perfect answer, you know, like, and, and we just get a ton of those. Now we get perfect interviews, perfect answers, just women and men, you know, athletes or otherwise, of incredible consequence. And, and I know it, it, it literally motivates the shit out of me every week when we talk to these guys, it just, it just refocuses me. And, and, uh, and, and I appreciate them for that. As we head out, I'll, uh, I'll sort of touch on the things that I'm looking at. Number one, talking about journalism. I, I know that my heart aches um, as I was a humongous fan of Pedro Gomez uh, at ESPN who lost his life yesterday. Um, uh, two days ago, very suddenly and tragically, and all you're hearing online now are are just testimonials about what a fundamentally good person this was and what he did for journalism, uh, particularly in and around baseball. So, um, you know, certainly our our thoughts are with the Gomez family. This is also the 20th anniversary of of the death of Dale Earnhardt um, at the Daytona 500, and as Cindy Timchell said. And I'll reiterate it in case we lose it in the edit, the 20th anniversary of the Williams sisters winning the doubles at the Australian Open. Um, for Ward, 20, 20th anniversary means it happened 20 years ago uh, on this date. So I just thought I'd, I'd <laughs> specify. No, you, you need to word it. This is the 20th anniversary of something that happened 20 years ago. That's how, that's how you do it. See, you, you can't project this onto me. Okay, this isn't becoming my thing. My this stupidity is, is mine it. alone. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. perfect. Yeah, so, Ward, I'll kick it over to you for what you're looking at and, uh, and your impressions after having talked to Cindy Timshaw. No, I second what you said. 
exactly in terms of resilience, leadership, maturity, focus of the student athletes that we've talked to since the show's inception. It is a morale boost for me. Uh, it, it is a, these are multiple data points for me to be able to go to uh, my cynical classmates who would suggest that the academy is going downhill and say, oh, actually, it's orders of magnitude better than when you and I went to school there. You know, it truly is. And so I second what you said about the coaches, too, and what Wag said about the coaches, that to a man and woman, quality folks, that without exception, and I'm very thankful for the forum here that you guys created that allows us to introduce these people maybe at a more granular level to Navy sports fans than they otherwise would have the opportunity to get to know them. And so that's the beauty. You know, our mission is, is at the 30,000 foot level to contextualize the sports existence against the mission of the Naval Academy, which is primarily to create future Naval officers. And we've done that at many turns. And then secondarily to introduce sports fans to the great coaches and players that are uh, on the fields these days. And so I think, again, we have a great episode that demonstrates that in spades. Well, you were mentioning uh, notable deaths. I will, right before we came on the pod, Marty Schottenheimer, legendary NFL head coach, passed. We had already heard that he has moved into hospice and then was near, so the news was not surprising. Uh, he coached your Washington football team and actually did a lot better than people think. He probably should never have been fired. That was a mistake. He was one of those people that could have brought some stability to a franchise that's constantly in turmoil. You're not uh, saying Dan Snyder made a mistake, Wags. Oh, don't oh, don't yeah. be saying that. One of many. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, obviously he coached the Cleveland Browns, some great Cleveland Browns teams that just endured heartache after heartache. Ernest Biner fumbles. the 87 the and 88, the drive and then the fumble. Yeah, tough yeah, ones. It's a shame because he had some great Browns teams with Bernie Kozar as the quarterback, and he just – wasn't able to break through, but uh, rest in peace, Marty Schottenheimer. Uh, well, as expected, the uh, Army-Navy men's basketball doubleheader has been canceled and replaced with the American doubleheader that needed to be made up, the postponed doubleheader from this past weekend. I had said on last week's pod that I expected that to happen just because these South Division pods take precedence over other games. The pod games are what determine who goes to the Patriot League tournament. The top two teams in the South Division are an automatic burst into the Patriot League tournament. And they reworked Patriot League schedule, which was announced Tuesday. And that has Loyola, American, and Navy, the three South Division teams, all reaching the same amount of games. So hopefully no more cancellations from here on out. But it was important for Navy to play American twice in order to uh, be able to determine which of the two, which two teams in the South Division should go to the Patriot League tournament. Therefore, Navy will not play Army. Now, on the women's side, it's a bit different. There's a rework schedule in women's basketball as well. They did keep Navy, Army, and the reason is because the Star Game has not been played. The Army-Navy Star Game is going to be the Saturday uh, game of the doubleheader being held here in Annapolis. And therefore, the Patriot League could not replace those two games as it did with men's basketball. 
Navy is going to lose some South Division games. It's inevitable. The, the rework schedule just does not allow for Navy to make up all the games that it, it must make up. I believe they're going to lose one game against Loyola will not be played and one game against American will not be played. And Navy women's basketball is also now having to play two Wednesday games, which is going to put a strain on, on the squad. They're going to play weekend games and then have a, a two days to get ready for a Wednesday game. But that's the only way that Navy women's basketball can reach the threshold of 12 games, which is required to make the Patriot League tournament. Navy women's basketball, as mentioned, is only has four conference games completed so far. They've got a long way to go. And the rework schedule gets them to 12, but that does not allow for any further cancellations. So it'll be interesting to see how this all unfolds. Any update on the quarantined men's team? Are you hearing anything uh, from the coach or from any of the players that you stay in touch with? Yes, Chris, I spoke to Coach DeCellis yesterday. Uh, the Navy men's basketball is due to come out of its 10-day quarantine on Wednesday afternoon, provided all the tests come back. Uh, negative, uh, then they're going to be slow in getting back. They haven't done anything in 10 days, so they're going to have to approach this uh, in a very careful manner. But uh, Navy is not due to play this weekend, obviously. And Navy is now not due to play until the following weekend against American, which are the makeup games from this past weekend, which are replacing what would have been a doubleheader at Army West Point. So Navy's not going to be on the court playing a game uh, for another week and a half from when we're taping this. Um, and that gives them plenty of time to get ready. Yeah, it's um, just getting teams out of these stoppages, you know, seems to be the ticket. And it's happened to like huge programs. The Villanova men's program uh, got stopped for about two and a half weeks, three weeks, and then came back and looked horrible. Um, you know, keeping out of these, um, and, you know, and, and this is as a video is surfaced after the North Carolina Duke game the other night where North Carolina players are at a party, the video is out. And so now their game against Miami is canceled. It's just having that discipline to, to keep clear of the infection and maintain the season is, is a really is a key part of all of this. And you know, we, we say it at the end every week, you know, it just, everyone has to be vigilant. Everyone has to wear a mask. Everyone has to be good to each other. And as you do that, hopefully we, we pull out of, of the spin that we're in. The numbers seem to be positive, but we'll, we'll keep an eye on them and hope that with the vaccination process that we eventually return to normal, who knows what that means. Um, so stay tuned to our social media. We'll continue to pub the very busy sports weekend awaiting all of the uh, Naval Academy sports. And then uh, beyond that, spring and fall sports are both going to be kind of pedal to the metal. And I'll make one last shout out. Um, we put something on social media, but I want everyone to circle this date on your calendar, March 20th at the Glen Warner Soccer Facility, Army versus Navy in women's soccer at Glen Warner. I'm putting out the mandate right now to Kamala Harris, our vice president, to Dr. Jill Biden, who's a gigantic sports fan. Let's get some elected leaders and, and some leaders from Washington, D.C., not just to the Army-Navy game for football. Let's get you out to Glenn Warner, a short 45-minute drive for you from D.C. to see the women's uh, soccer team take on Army on March 20th. We put it on social media. We're going to write an op-ed or two, and we're not going to stop until 
we have some big names in the stadium that day. Four, Ward Carroll and Chris Cervello and our special guest from the Annapolis Capitol, Bill Wagner, who continues to do great things. I'm John Schofield. Thank you for joining the Sing Second Sports Podcast. We're out. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments. 